Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Woohoo! Happy New Year and welcome to 2022 with Reality Renault with us, Mitch and Mark. Yeah, welcome back, everyone. Mitchie, crazy, crazy week again for us. Like a lot of people, COVID is kind of the topic at the moment. We've done four rapid tests in four days, so we know that we're all clean. And I now know that if you shove the stick far enough up your nose and it draws blood, you definitely know you're going deep enough. This year, we have so much going on and we are going to take on 2022 like we did 2021. We are about to expand our Mitch and Mark home store in Newport. Yeah, we need more space, but you have got Mitch and Mark Couture coming out. Yeah, Mitch and Mark Couture is coming out. We've got our new, our, sorry, our expanded linen range with towels and throws and sheets and all sorts of amazing stuff. Plus, we're doing design consults. Yeah, so a lot of people have asked us whether or not they could get some advice on their interiors, colour, design, layout. People will be able to book in and be able to do a, a session with us, one or other of us, or maybe both of us, on their interiors. So, hence, we need more space at Mitch and Mark Home in Newport. But another Renault-type project we need to do is our home. Our home has been put off two years two now years. because we've had things come up, like the block. But we need to reno it before it slips off the cliff that it's perched on. Yeah, so Jason's coming up with Terry in about two weeks' time to start the process of looking through this whole house and getting it underway. We will keep you up to date with our reno of Newport. But in the meantime, we have got another episode with some amazing friends of ours. Yes, we've got Ronnie and Georgia. Ronnie and Georgia, who we all know from the block, the feisty, fabulous couple, are back with us today on the show. They are not just block royal to us. They are best mates. We had so much fun being with them, and we had a really great chat with them. We love their style, which Georgia is just style queen. Georgia's got an amazing style. She's got this beautiful sense of just simplicity and elegance. What was fabulous was the honesty that they dealt up to us in the chat. They just literally gave us their life on a platter. They had, Nothing was off limit. They talked about the auction day and how it felt, which you know, was a testing time. It was tough. But those guys are open and honest and darn good people, and it's just so much fun to have them. But, Mikey, it was a bit of a sound issue. Well, there was a little bit of a sound issue. When you're listening to this podcast, we just want you to know they had one set of um, AirPods to share. So one had one of the AirPods in one ear, one had in the other ear, but that meant that somebody had the microphone and somebody didn't. But guys, I think it's worthwhile listening to. Let's go, Ronnie and Georgia. The amazing, incredible Ronnie and Georgia. Welcome, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks, Mitchie and Mark. Wow, what an introduction, Mitchie. That that would have hurt saying that. No, I think you guys are amazing. Well, particularly Georgia. Well, um, Georgia's his favourite. <laughs> there Ronnie, we go. Know, Georgia is his favourite. Yeah, well. Listen, we don't play favourites, but if we were to, you know, Mitchie, you're mine. I know that. Oh, I Mark, know but I love that. you too. 
I'm sorry, George. Ronnie, I knew that from being on the block because when Georgia would come to visit, it would be, Mitchie, Mitchie, how are you? And then I'd come yeah. and she'd go, oh, hello. I want to <laughs> wind the clock back further, like way further. Well, Mitchie, before we wind the clock back that far, yes. what I'm relieved to see is that you're both together in your home because the rumours have been going crazy that Ronnie and George have split, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know what's hilarious? That people, Georgia wishes. No, really what's hilarious that people actually believe, like, these tabloid magazines. I didn't even – I was getting phone calls from my mates. I'm like, guys, you're smarter than this. Come on now. And and do you guys – would you guys ever believe Georgia to actually leave the Rod Dog? Come on. Oh, you're my not gonna get God. Any <laughs> yes, I would, George. I've got to say, um, I, I was – I was with you, Georgia. He is so yes. annoying sometimes. Yeah, so annoying. <laughs> Sorry, Ronnie. That you know, people... you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, question whether Georgia did leave the wrong dog. You'd be like, yeah, I get <laughs> for, it. For people listening, it, Mitch fine. did now and then during the block say, Ronnie, I love you, but you're being annoying. And then didn't you say to Georgia, and Georgia, you would <clears> say, <throat> I know, I live with him. He's annoying. No, actually, <laughs> Georgia actually said to me one time, how dare you find him annoying? How do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> that but is you know true. Is, that is true. I think what's amazing is um, there are things that are written about people that are clearly untrue. The truth is, you had to make a huge decision to leave Perth to go to the auctions. It was a big risk, and you were so committed yeah, to the process that you took that yeah. risk. Yeah, um, I had to pull the kids out of the last six weeks of school, but you know, the block is a pretty significant part of our lives, and. We had to see the auction through, um, even though that meant pretty significant disruption to our family life. But to be honest, when we landed in Perth, I've never felt so good. I was just glad that that was all over. To be home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So when I was saying to go way back, I think that um, you've both got pretty interesting backgrounds. Um, we'll touch on your singing and dancing, Georgia. But also, Ronnie, oh, you, yeah. you arrived in Australia as a migrant, as a child. So my family uh, made the decision back in 75, no, sorry, 74, to come over to Australia from Argentina with my two older sisters. And yeah, I was born in Sydney and then we drove over to Perth when I was nine months old in a Kingswood. Well, that's very, yeah. stra- very I mean, Australian. Do you reckon at that point they went, oh my God, what have we done? Get us Absolutely. back to Argentina? Because the Nullarbor is like yes. pretty full on, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, is that I'm I'm glad that my parents made that decision because I have been back to Argentina and they still live the same life. Like they don't have like the opportunities. Yeah, they don't have the opportunities that we do over here. I believe we are, you know, living the Australian dream. Although here. in saying that, you've got a cousin over there who's a, um, you know, he's a professor and yeah. one's a lawyer and they're all doing pretty well. Yeah, no, no, hang on a minute. I'm talking about the country itself. Argentina has a lot of problems. I'm all sure. of South America has a lot of problems at the moment. So, Ronnie, what? motivated your parents that's a huge change to go from a country that is spanish speaking to australia Mm. that they like yeah whatever they would have known about back in 75 and english speaking and not known back then you know we're a land of migrants but it's a very anglo-saxon and back in that area you know how Mm. we accepted diversity is very different to how we do now yeah, absolutely. My my father was like a commercial pilot back in Argentina and he thought Australia would be um, the best opportunity for his family and he was right. And when he landed in Australia, obviously he couldn't become a pilot because he didn't know how to speak English. But uh, one of the first things that he did was 
he went for a walk in Sydney and uh, came across the plaster and the plaster was like... It was Italian. The plaster was Italian. The, the, and my father asked him for a job and the Italian said, look, mate, I'm not a teacher. Go away. So my dad struck a deal with this guy. Uh, his name was Chicho. And he struck a deal and said, look, let, hey, let me work Chicho. for two weeks. And if I, and if I prove myself, you, you can give me a job. And he did. So my dad did work for two weeks. That's my background. I'm a plaster by trade. And that's because of my father's decision, going for a walk that day and just asking for a job because he needed cash. He realised he needed to put food on the table and that was it. Very cool. It is. It is. Yeah. I think, they, I think they, the stories of the people who created Australia to be what we are now it's, is mm. interesting and the challenges and the resilience, you know, the drive to go, I want something mm. different. But it's scary when yeah. you go to somewhere it new. It is scary. Yeah. But also, but also yeah. being, a, being, being a pilot. And having that qualification mm. and having to leave mm. that behind and yep. and take a, take a trade is a big step. Yeah, exactly. absolutely huge. And luckily for us is that when he um, arrived in Perth, he continued on with his plastering business. But we also renovated. Uh, <clears throat> that's where I got the love of renovating through my father. My parents had renovated about eight to nine houses. So we were always moving every two to three years. So for me, it was very, um, it was very common to. Say that again. For me, it was very common to, um, you know, be in a house, watch my father fix it up, and and then it will go straight on the market. So for me, moving was not foreign. Georgia, did you see yourself as a renovator? Because from what I understood, you were um, a song and dance girl. Well, actually, I was always that kid. Well. My parents built a house when I was, you know, I think I was like one, and that was our family home forever. Oh, you and, didn't move um, around the same way that no, we did. No, we no, we didn't move around. It was a pretty amazing house. It was on a big land, big, big property out in the Swan Valley, um, and so yeah, it was really yeah, it was a great way to grow up. I was just that kid that was forever rearranging my bedroom. Like seriously, my mum, it would do my mum's head in. And I just want to rearrange my furniture. I just want to mix up the vibe. And I just remember loving doing that. And another thing, like when we were little, I used to drive, like we'd be driving somewhere and I'd be looking at houses and I'm not, this is no word of a lie. As a young kid, I'd be going, how can I change that house? How can I make that house look different? That's a really strange mm. thought process for a young girl to have. And, and to this yeah. day today, we actually, uh, when the kids are in the car, when we're driving through suburbs that we've never been through, we actually play a game called Renovate or Detonate. And this is no. This is so weird, and this is nowhere. To um, so we look at the house and we say renovate, renovate or detonate. Renovate. Uh, and, our, and the kids will go <laughs> and then throw the grenade over and say detonate. Start again. <laughs> but but there was the performance aspect of your life too, Georgia. Um, Are you saying Georgia's a natural age. performer? She's a performer. She's. I a, would never have known. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah. So at the age of six, I started playing the violin. Every morning before school, I'd do a thirty-minute violin session. I used to. It, did you? I was. You didn't choose to play the violin. That was. Well, my granddad played the violin, and then my my mum wanted us to play a musical instrument. So both my sister, my older sister, and myself played the violin. And then when I went to school, it was compulsory to do a, a, an instrument. And then my mum thought it was good to diversify. And then I played the double bass, yeah, which is like bass. if you guys know, it's massive. It was bigger than I was. But what that actually did was give me a really sound understanding of how to read music. So then when I fell into the love of performing as a singer, 
I was actually able to read sheet music, which a lot of singers can't. Um, when I then went on to, you know, doing musical theatre at Wabba, I was one of the only singers who could actually read sheet music. So it was a, it was a massive advantage. So whilst I hated learning classical instruments and being dragged to classical concerts as a kid, now as an adult I had this massive appreciation for it. And, you know, when I listen to music, I'm very moved by it and I, it, it emotes me to cry and it's very strange. But I, I must credit that to my upbringing, I suppose. Your parents are a class act. I would actually say they were. No, absolutely. Yeah. We've met your parents. Yeah, they go all right. They're, they're beautiful. They're, they're yeah, are. But they're you, you now would like your kids to get an appreciation of that music too. Well, Leo, I, there was part of me that thought perhaps he could play a musical instrument <laughs> and you guys, have, you guys have met Leo. Do you think that would be a possibility? Uh, the triangle? Because that kid could... Could sit still and play a musical instrument. Yeah. No, he's very much a sporty kid. And Charlotte, she's going to be our mum's been like, come on, get us to do piano. She's very switched on that little girl. But um, we're doing ballet instead. And ballet still integrates dance with beautiful music. Yeah. Um, and so she's getting that appreciation through through ballet. And dance also through the emotional expression and experience of oh. music. Mitch is waving Stunning. at Leo in the background. I can Mitch see the Charlotte kids in the background. So for listeners who cannot see, right at this moment, we have the beautiful Charlotte and the wonderful Leo in the background with mum and dad. They're going, because we're going home on? quarantining, right? So we're like, okay, here's, I've, I've set them up in the TV room with a plate of food and like TV, I was like, don't come in for an hour and now they've come in. So Georgia and Rui, yeah. um, I don't like to appear to be sucky, but you two have obviously got some something right in the formula your kids are and it's not just oh. it's not just um leo and charlotte but also giordano they are just um ronnie's your old your older son um and my 20 year old son yeah mm. yeah and george's 20 year old stepson bonus child i call him my, my gorgeous bonus child oh, absolutely bonus. Actually, you guys have yeah. raised a, a beautiful young man but but such beautiful kids what do you say is the secret that makes your kids just seem easier to be around than a lot of others? You know, for me, Georgia has done an incredible job. We, she's um, she's got she's very structured and she has a routine with the children. And even Giordano, you know, watching him grow up because when I first met Georgia, Giordano was two and a half years old. So for me, as a as a young man growing up with a you know with a young child, I needed that structure, and that's where Georgia actually stepped in and helped me become a better parent because. I didn't have a. I didn't have an idea. I didn't but, have a clue. But you seem to be very um, quite strict. You seem to be quite strict. Like a lot of love, but but there's but there's mm. really clear boundaries. There's routine. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, I think I think kids thrive on routine and boundaries, and I think it makes them feel secure and safe. Um, they might not like it some of the time, but I also think that's what they need. Um, and so, and obviously, that's how I was raised. I had very strict upbringing, but I. Now as a parent, look back on how I was parented and I, I'm so thankful that that's how my parents were. So, um, yeah, we, you know, I think routine's very important, but we also like to have fun and we, we let the kids have an opinion. And the best example of what we're showing our children at the moment is what hard work looks like. Being away from them from a, for a significant amount of time when you feel on the block, that wasn't easy for anybody. Mm. So if the biggest takeaway we can have from that is, well, this is what hard work looks like, mm -hmm. then that's something we're happy mm. with. Georgia, so you became yes. a stepmom at mm. a very young age, I think, weren't you? I was 21. Yeah. And, um, and I remember when I first met Ronnie and he sort of mentioned that he had a kid, I was like, 
to me, I was like, oh, that's a bit heavy. I'm going to step away from that because I'm not really interested in dating someone with a child at 21. But then when I started to get to know Ronnie and then met Giordano, I was like, actually, this is probably something I could do. But, you know, trying to parent as a 21-year-old, you're still a kid yourself really, aren't you? You know, I was sort of just learning as I was going along as well. And, you know, I think co-parenting is, is, is a massive challenge. And I know a lot of Australian families go through that. We all came out of it quite unscathed. So, uh, yeah, it takes a, a little bit to get used to. But, um, you know, Geordie is just an amazing human because he was raised by you know, his mum, who's an amazing influence in his life, and he's got both of us as well. So he's had a lot of love around him growing up, yeah. Going back Some. to, you know, at 21, the, yes. the, the responsibility of that role, these days we often talk about our kids, well, we do, and you go, oh, they're young, and you think, well, they're 28, 29, they're young. But 21 is is young to take on that responsibility. Was it a difficult decision? Yeah to do that and what did you learn about yourself almost through that process? What what did Giordano teach you about yourself? It, it was hard. I wasn't going to say it was easy. It was definitely something challenging to take on, but obviously it was worth it for me. I guess I grew up quicker than a, any other 21-year-old. That was definitely something that we took away from it. But, you know, we also understood that, wow, if, if Ronnie and I can survive co-parenting, if we can survive renovating and moving all the time, if we can navigate the, you know, the the challenges of, of ex-partners in amongst all of this and still come out unscathed. And, guys, uh, I'll be honest, thank God she came along at that time because I just started renovating my second house, but I was by myself. I didn't have a lot of cash, but every time I'd finish work at about 1, 2 o'clock, I'd come home and do something. But... I, I was so petrified of picking paint colours and making any design. I was just doing all the structural stuff. And meeting Georgia, she was very reluctant for the first couple of months to actually you know, give me her opinion. But thankfully, she did. And it made my life so much easier because having that talent as a designer, having the vision, uh, knowing what colours go with each other, like that is really but, hard. But think about it. Like back then when I was 21, I wasn't a trained interior designer. I had no idea. I just sort of knew what I liked and what I thought was good. You know, I have never studied this, but it's just something that I surround myself with. I think I innately know what looks good. And it goes back to just having natural talent. I really think it's a lot of people can do an online course or go to university yes. and study this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But whether or not you are actually good at it, I think it's a it's, it's a natural ability. Do you, would you agree? If I look at some of the yeah. best chefs in the world, they have not got professional training, some, mm-hmm. of, the, some of the most yeah. renowned chefs in the world, and um, nobody doubts that they're a great chef. It's a gift, right? You've yes. either got it or you haven't It's a got natural it. gift that you've got. I think people are sort of born with their talents, right? Yes. And it's the lucky few who can discover them and, and and help them grow and sort of like nurture that talent, right? And and then if down the track of your life, if you find that you've fallen into a career where you get to use that natural gift, it, it's like your happy space. And I just think it's like that was your purpose. That's what you were meant to be doing and how lucky that you now get to continue along that path and you're in your happy place. You can be educated to have the professional skills at, at all sorts of things, yes. but to be uh, a natural, even in Mark's field of psychology, you, mm-hmm. you can train to be a psychologist, but you can, uh, you can't um, become inquisitive and 
yes, caring enough to yeah. do the best job. I like to think that the sort of work that, that you do, and maybe it turns up on the block, maybe similarly for both of us, you know, there's a technical skill side and there's almost a, a bit of a scientific side about how things are built and constructed and even from a design mm-hmm. perspective how things are scaled and balanced. But there are certain things that are the you know right brain, left brain. It's like certain right brain things that are about colour and feeling and emotion that you evoke through the way you put together an interior, the colours, the way it's styled, that is the skill and the eye because some people can right, do the same yeah. thing, the same colours, and you walk into the space and go, yeah. That's, know, what, made, that's what set Georgia apart from a lot of people. Like obviously we would find out what the rooms are going to be on Sunday night and then Georgia would unless go you home. Sch- unless you I had would... a schedule and you thought that was your intent. <laughs> had, had to go I, there. I Georgia, are we going there? <laughs> well, I, we are going there, I, right? I would basically go home and pass out, literally being bed by about 9, 9.30, whereas Georgia would be up uh, designing the room. On a Sunday night, right, Right, guys, we, we find out at judging what the yes. next room is going to be. Yeah. You basically spend the following hours stressing about going, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, oh, my God. We'd be in bed, yes, Ron would tap out and he'd be asleep and I would just be in my head more so thinking about layout and where everything's going to go, right? Well, my theme for my house is generally already set, so you sort of know the, like I guess, the holistic look of what your home is going to look like. So you've got a, you've got your flooring already selected, you know, the window treatments are going to be the same, you know your wall colour. And it's like how am I going to give this room an identity where it's connected to the other rooms but it's, it's got its own sort of personality? And so for me, my starting point, I don't know about you, Mitchie, but mine was always artwork. I would probably, I would try and find my artwork as a starting point. Once I had found that, found that, I would be then like, okay, what linens am I going to pull in? What's my bed head going to look like? Do I need an occasional chair? Do I need a rug? And it would all be connected to that artwork. So that's usually how I would start a room. Um, you might have started with a beautiful artwork and designed around the artwork. Um, but yeah. in our case, we weren't winning any rooms, so I wasn't <laughs> oh, able to start with a beautiful artwork. I would start with an, affor- oh. an affordable artwork that I could get for free. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, my God. Um, you know, Mitch had asked you about kind of where you both came together, but how did you both meet? Uh-huh. I was on a plastering break. I was on a lunch break. I went to a Japanese restaurant on Beaufort Street in Mount Lawley. Well, I was completely looked like a tradie. I was with one of my mates and uh, I remember sitting down at this Japanese restaurant and looking over and hearing these two girls talk about their weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, listen to these girls. Just listen. They're so loud for one, but talking about how many, you know, how many drinks they got, where they went. I was like, oh my God, this sounds like hard work, right? So I didn't, and Georgia was with her best friend, Natalia. Um, I remember sitting down eating my Japanese, looking at these two hot chicks and thinking, oh my God, I'm not even going to try. That was on a Tuesday and wait, then on wait, Thursday no, night. No, your version of the story is all wrong. Okay, <laughs> So we were at this Japanese restaurant. I thought Ronnie was my ex-boyfriend because he was working on a trade site in a restaurant and they look similar. And I was going, oh, my God, Natalia, is that, is that, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm going to say, is that Rara? And she was like, no, it's not. I was like, oh, good. So then we sat down and then we were like sort of check. I was checking Ronnie out, but he was checking Natalia out. Anyway, oh. they got up and walked out that same night. We went out to another bar in Claremont, which is a different suburb. Yeah. Different suburb, and Ronnie was there, there. I didn't know this. Didn't I you? was there on a date, guys. I didn't know that. I was, I was a hot commodity back in those days. Oh, right <laughs> And uh, I had them lined up. But Georgia, I was, uh, yes, I was there sitting outside with a date. And Georgia, 
No, you go, went up to the bar. I had to go. You gotta let me talk. Well, you didn't. I went to the toilet, and then Georgia was at the bar and actually stopped me and said, "You're in Mount Lawley," and I said, "Yes, I was in Mount Lawley." Um, and then I said, look. I saw you at lunchtime today. You were at the Japanese restaurant. And, goes, yeah. and what I found most attractive about Georgia was the fact that she was paying out of my shoes that I was wearing. Like the the the, the bickering started basically straight away. Yeah, and I've never had shoes. that from a female before. They were white and pointy. Yeah, you never, no. never trust a guy with white pointy shoes. <laughs> and um, like, What are your footwear? Like what shoes are you wearing? The, fact, <laughs> the, the fact that she actually, you know, gave it to me. I was really impressed with because I never had that from a female before. Anyway, so then he tried to ask my phone number. Cause... No, hang on a minute. So <laughs> I was still on a date, guys. So I remember coming back and I said, look, version, George, darling. give me half an hour. Let me get rid of my date and uh, I'll come back. I'm and like, you didn't dumped... tell me that. I didn't know you had a date. You dumped, I dumped your my date, date that night dumped for her, Georgia. I dumped her in half an hour. Came back to the bar. Should not because I was never going to cook up with him. And then he tried uh, to get my hello, number. you're here like, now. No, no, no. That's this guy. Then he tried to get my number. I was like, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, I was having a good time. I was 21, you know. She wasn't interested. So Georgia was there with one of her girlfriends. She ended up taking me home. I ended up getting on with her. Oh, well, that's So that is, I mean, if you want to tell a what? story. I mean, if you yeah, want to dissect so then I the found story. this out and I was like, oh, gross, whatever. Oh, my yeah, God, you, you hooked up with Georgia's friend that night because yeah. Georgia wasn't interested yeah. in you. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I need, I, no, no, hang on. I, I needed a lift home because don't forget, I ditched my day. And I needed a lift oh, home. Taxi, mate. Taxis. No, uh, it was Claremont. Back in those days, you didn't order taxis. Back God, in those days, the love days. story started. Claremont, well, didn't you know, that this is so where like funny. the Claremont Claremont killer. serial killers were. Yeah, so you didn't, ta- you know, no one called yeah. taxi. And then we used to just see each other out all the time. And then Ronnie would be like, "Can I be number?" Every time I would see him, I'd be like, "I'm not, no, nah, okay, I'll just see you around." And then he became our free drinks guy. We'd be like, "Oh, there's one. Let's go get a drink," you know. Oh, Ronnie. And then, I don't know, eventually four weeks of harassing me for my number, but finally gave in. And then we went on a date. And <laughs> no, but that- the way you gave the number was impressive. I was friends with a girl that actually worked next door to Georgia, and she gave the number to her. And she, no, she got my number off my friend, and then Georgia sent me a text message and said, here's my number, here's don't, my waste number don't waste it. Yeah. Don't waste it. Yay. I, Love I, it. I had game back in the day, guys. Don't you worry. So, oh. and the funniest part about that is that I brought Georgia a toothbrush within three or four days. So I knew that she was the one. But you should have seen Georgia get rid of all the girls that I had lined up one by one. She what you, was what do you mean? ruthless, mate. What are you, what do you talking mean? about? Oh. Get rid of the girls you had lined up. She, she Wait, knew, what are you she talking knew, about? She knew what she wanted, guys, and she had to get rid of the girls that I was well, already saying. Ronnie, it was you. you. Look, sorry, at, this, look sorry, at you, Ronnie. How could she resist, right? This is Ronnie just making this up, just trying to recover a little bit of pride. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, wow, dude. Actually, do, right, you, do, you, do you know what? This brings me to something. Georgia, yes. throughout the block yes. and post, yes. you've often, we, you and I have discussed that Yes. Ronnie can say something a bit crazy, bit left of yeah. centre, and he's a legend. But if you do the same, you're a loud oh, mouth. Here we go. You're a loud mouth. Uh, well, I think you are. Here we go. Putting yourself on TV, particularly on reality TV, you're subject to public opinion, right? And yes. social media media is a vehicle for that. So every time Dick and Harry thinks they are entitled to have an opinion on you and what you do or who you are, okay? That's just part of the deal when you sign up for reality TV, okay? Look, I'm not I'm not a, a massive feminist. I, I just I believe in strong women and, and equality and 
I think that it's just sort of, I guess, affected me directly more so this year. Ron can say quite polarising comments and he can stir the pot and and start shit fights. And we know that that's who Ronnie is and, and people love it. Now, if I say things or if I, you know, stand up for myself or or say a slightly controversial comment, I'm a, I'm a bitch and Ronnie put a muzzle on your wife and, and these are the comments that we'll get. It's, a, it's such a double standard and it's just where society is at. There's a bit of a sad place that we find ourselves in, I think. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm curious to ask you guys, Ronnie and Georgia are, you know, I said earlier, mm. block royalty, and I think that you are. You, you, you first appeared in 2017 on the block and I think very quickly um, gained a following and gained, you know, a reputation and gained a brand through that. Um, I think, Georgia, you did that wallpaper that kind of set the tone for a couple of oh, years. Yeah. You know, that, that... The Ellie Cashman wallpaper. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and we got to meet you in 2019 when you came and did All Star. So we didn't really know you. We got to know you this yep. season. Where did the yeah. well? Why did the block journey start for Ronnie and Georgia? Why did you do this? I never. I could never watch the block because I used to feel. I used to get frustrated, but then there was also, if I'm going to be honest, probably part of me going, "Oh, I wish that was me doing that." So it just felt like I could never watch it. And Ron used to watch it a lot. And just because we renovated houses. I think at that time we'd renovated like eight houses um, and then I would actually get inspiration from watching the block, like, um, get some ideas. Um, and for me, it was never the right timing. There was a couple of times in 2015, 16, Georgia was like, oh, should we apply for the block? And it was never the right timing for us. I, we, I was either finishing a renovation. Um, well, you know, having kids and small children, like family gets in the way because what people don't understand is um, – to actually go on the block, it's, it's it's three months filming, it's then three months waiting for it to go to air, then it's three months PR, watching it on TV. So it, it really is a massive, let's say, it's really a year that you have to tap out yes. of life. Yep. You, you can't, you, you know, it's you, it's a struggle to maintain a job and, and do all of that as well. So you have to be in a financial position where you can go, okay, we can put everything on hold for a year at the at the guess that we're actually going to walk away with a little bit of money to cover us. But you know, worst have, case scenario, right? Having yep. said that, is that you know when we did apply, like the very first question that we had to ask was who was going to look after the kids, and that was George's parents. And I think when we asked them, they were like, "Oh my, what are the chances of these guys actually getting it?" Of course, we'll look <laughs> after the kids. You know, yeah. you guys, because at that time there was like twenty, twenty five thousand people applying for the block. Um, and then, you know, once we started getting through the process, George's parents were like, oh, my God, this could actually be happening. So, you know, watching uh, watching them and, you know, we could never have done it if they hadn't said yes to looking after the kids. You know, we wouldn't be where we are today. 
Um, we'd probably still be renovating houses, but yep. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if it wasn't for Lou and Pete, that was uh, that was a huge step. And this whole concept of, of block royalty is kind of like blows my mind a little bit. If you look at if you look at both of our season, we came third our first season, and then this season we've rolled in last place. Um, but I don't yeah, think but, it's but interesting, I Georgia. I don't think that sort of stuff matters. I think people see who you are as people and how you interact together and how, you know, it's that that resonates for people because our experience is people who love the show, who watch the show, they remember certain couples for other reasons because they inspired them because they did something new or different because they were strong. Yeah, I think that's a good takeaway as well, Mark, and thank you for that. I think um, our first season I don't think a lot of people got who we were and I think, Perhaps we got a little bit more of the, the villain edit, even though I hate to say you get an edit. I think we, we certainly got a little bit more of that in 2017. So I think um, to this recent season was great redemption for us because I think we actually, people actually got to see who we really are and how we interact and, and, and what we're all about. So and perhaps we came into this a little bit more relaxed and, and less stressed because it wasn't all new to us. So we could be a little bit more who we are in everyday life um so yeah I, I mean i look back at the whole block experience and um it's some of the the coolest shit you ever get to do in your life right it, it's yep. pretty fun and and our first season to be honest it was pretty disastrous in terms of the friendship stakes for us i just don't think we found our people there so it was i was very very concerned coming back the second time around that we were going to be in the same position but thankfully we met mm-hmm amazing people like you guys who just got us and were cool with being competitive and like calling people out if they've done the wrong thing even you called us out sometimes and we called you guys out sometimes (laughs) but like the good thing about that was that we could be like the next day yep cool fair enough okay move on and and I love that about it and even you know Josh and Luke to a degree you could call them out on stuff and Tanya and Vito and they could they could hack it yeah um I think Kirst and Jess perhaps were a little bit more sensitive when it came to that sort of thing, um, but you know, it's it's it was I, I was glad walking away with a lot more friends this season, and that's probably one of my biggest takeaways. So I've, thank you to the, t- thank you to you guys for no, that. But, but but you know, we totally relate. We totally relate because you yeah. go back in the second time thinking, well, is it us? Is it us? Are we yeah. are we the problem? We seem to be okay outside in the real world, but is it is it us in that environment? Yeah. And we both. I had that same thought process. I found that we could actually make friends on TV. Well, it's interesting because Mitch Yay! and I talked about the decision to go back, and for us, it was a very quick decision. It was like immediately, yep, love to do it. But we did think, what is, what do you want to get out of going back again? Because as you said, Georgia, the auction is a risk, so you have to be prepared to go and do something and maybe not walk away with a financial return and yeah. you and I, Mitch and I, talk, talked about it and said, you know, I would like to walk away with friends because we got feedback yeah. and people saying to us from our season, oh, how come you don't get along with other people? It must be you. And we started to go, well, maybe it is. And we've walked away this season with friends. So to have you guys turn up and be in the house next to us and then go, we got on really well and we like you when we have fun and we call each other out and you're able to do that. Georgia and I I love each other, Mark. You and Georgia, I know. Ronnie, I was worried. I thought Georgia and Mitch were going to run away together. Um, 
That is a big takeaway. We'd make a hot couple, wouldn't we? But I, I just I couldn't deal with the fact. I couldn't deal with the fact that Mish would look better than me all the time, and I'd probably have a little bit of insecurity around that. So it probably wouldn't work in the long run, you know. Like you could, you could borrow my clothes. But to be able to come away, we could. You know, and to yeah. and to have friends has been a very important part of the process for us because everyone's strong personalities who do a show like the Block. And I can definitely say, like, one of the questions I get asked the most over the last uh, couple of months is that, will, will you do it again? And the question to that is, our block journey is done. Uh, we'll never go back. Um, and that chapter for me, it was very important for me to close that chapter, uh, close the book, and then pick up another oh, book. I would go back and do, like, a guest judge on, like, a challenge yeah. or something fun like that. I would for sure go back and do that. I'm gonna go I would probably rumor. go back on the rumor Georgia is oh. going back as the judge, as a judge on the block next year. Is that the rumor, Georgia? Oh. Well, I haven't. I personally have, haven't heard this rumor, but um, Can you guys it? have mentioned it to me. Well, shall we start it? No, but listen, they're not gonna, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I think I the know, block without like... Scotty Cam and the judges just wouldn't be the block. It's as simple I, as that. I, I, think, think, I think someone to step into a new role on, on that show, it just, I don't think it would work. Really? I think maybe a judge that has yeah, their I own. don't think it would work. Don't you? I think, maybe Scotty, you couldn't. I think it would be very tough to do it without. Scotty is so integral in that. Iconic. I think it's yeah. iconic, yeah, iconic. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that would you couldn't. You couldn't do it without that. But, and, but also, can I just interject quickly? What Scotty Cam delivers is so amazing. He's such a consummate professional. Mm. He He can just read a script and deliver it. Two minutes later, you know, I'm I'm in awe of what he can do. So, good luck to anyone else who can who, oh. who would try and do that. I, I don't think the same way about Shelley Craft. Yeah, Shelley, oh, totally. On that mm. auction day, Shelley's got an earpiece. She's watching Vision, and things are happening all around. And she yeah. was able to just connect in with people. Mm. I'm in awe of her ability mm. to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and don't forget. I mean, she's been doing that for over 25 they years. All, yeah, they're both. You know, and yeah. um, you know, Scotty Cam. What you see is what you get with Scotty. Um, you know, he's the epitome of the Australian trading. Everyone loves him, but he works extremely hard to, to to get. It looks like it's effortless to him, but he still puts in a lot of work. It's still Absolutely. a lot of time, a lot of effort. He takes his job very seriously. He's not really there to, like, have fun with the cast. The cast. He's there to, like, do his job and be the best mm. that he can be. I get that now, yeah. And what people don't realise is that, yes, there's a script that he has to learn, but it's word for word. To be given a script two or three hours beforehand and then to actually deliver it without making any mistakes, I mean, come on, there's no one that could ever replace Scotty Camp. No. But also we're there being ourselves and just saying whatever comes to us at the oh, moment. Yeah. And yeah. he has yeah. to deliver, as you said, he's got to deliver a script to, to navigate but also mm. then handle one of us contestants having a whinge or whatever and trying yeah. to or, or a walk-off uh, judging. Oh, um, who would God, do that? not a walk-off. <laughs> we love a bit of a walk-off, don't we, George? Um, but then he's, got, a, he's ah. got to read you the script on the fly. So, yeah, very clever. Um, let's, go to the, let's go to the auction day. Auction day. You know what? We So the, the lead-up to auction day was just incredibly stressful because. Yeah, absolutely, yes. It was for us. It was back and forth. Are we going? Are we not going? Ronnie was in Sydney. I was. In I was. I was already in Sydney filming um, Celebrity Apprentice. So I'd filmed three and a half weeks of that, and then I had to come over back to Melbourne to meet Georgia for the auction. And, and so I was just sort of navigating, you know, single parenting with kids, and, and 
it was just the decision of, of it was a pretty significant decision to pull the kids out of school and, and move to a state where it's COVID is rampant mm. and you're putting yourselves at risk and you're putting your kids at risk who are unvaccinated. And mm-hmm. So it was a significant choice for me to make and I was highly stressed. And so that was the start of it. Yeah, and you know, in in my head, I you know, I thought that we were you know going to be doing really well in the auction. You know, in the lead up to the auction, we'd obviously watched the show, we'd finished it, you know, five months prior. You know, I think we've delivered a house that can actually win the block. And we were like, I think this is this is a this is potentially a, a winning home. We we had the most interest on domain. We'd had the most registered bidders out of any of the houses, and mm-hmm. so. It was like auction order, what were we thinking? We were always thinking first or second, first yeah. or second, first or second. Going in, we were always going to put Kirsty and Jess first. We were going to go second and then you guys third, fourth and fifth. So, But then as soon as we found out what those reserves were, that I mean, it, it all changed. because for, for us it was like we can't put Kirsty and Jessie first because if their house tanks, as in like it doesn't sell for a lot. Hey, guys, the reserves are 4.5. And I was thinking, there's no way, you know, Kirsty and Jess's house was going to sell for more than that. It sets the standard for our houses. Our houses mm. were significantly smaller than theirs. So then how could our houses reach such yeah. high prices if theirs was only worth that much? That reserve day was a pivot point. Everything everything changed. Also, we thought Kirsty and Jess, are, they're a standalone. They, they, they have their own unique buyers. Whether they go first, second, third, fourth or fifth, it's not going to affect the auction outcome because none of our buyers were buying Kirsten. Well, take the Danny Wallace, Danny Wallace factor yeah. out because yes. that guy was just, you know, you take him out of the picture. You know, we thought we'd done enough. You know, out of 10 buyers, our house would appeal to maybe eight of those. Yes. Buyers. So we were the messaging we were getting was you guys should go first because you need to set the time for everybody else. And so I think we were just. You we know, um, the agent, yeah. uh, David Wood, was giving us, you know, positive feedback. It is what it is. Going first, it's going to be incredibly hard, but, you know, let's do it. Let's see if we can um, set precedents for everyone else. And um, and we did. And, we did. you know, we thought going first would put us in the best position to win the block because that's what you want to do. You want to win the block. Anyway, it didn't turn out that way, did it? I but think it's funny because when like. you say set the precedents for others, I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's one thing, but surely you wanted to win the block. And, and yeah, of course you want to win the block. That's so, the priority. You put yourself absolutely. where you think you are going to do best. And, and why did you think first was the best place for that? We wanted to have the pool of all the buyers first. Yeah. We wanted them to choose our house first and then not. We didn't want to lose buyers as they go along, you yeah. know. In hindsight, yes. we probably should have put house four first. Yeah. Anyway, it's due to be honest, I really hate I really hate talking about it because it just brings up so many emotions like that I've put to bed. And so now we have to talk about it again, guys. Oh my God, it stresses me out. And for me, like I was, I, I, I kind of tapped out the, the minute I found out that Tanya and Vito and Josh and Luke were going to beat us. I was like, how is this possible, mate? That was a hard pill to swallow. I had a very conscious decision. Do I uh, have a complete meltdown in front of all of Australia or do I walk away for a bit? And I decided to walk away and then come back at the end. But yeah, it just didn't pan out the way I had expected. And then knowing that I had to then get on a plane the day after and then go finish another reality TV show for me, it was all it was. It yeah, was you, I was dealing with a lot. Yeah, you weren't just coming from you'd been on a full yeah. on competitive TV show, working yeah. crazy hours to come fill this auction to the next day having to fly back and film straight away. Yeah. Like you were going through a lot. So you've come in to the auction from a different position 
than other people yeah. because you've yeah. been on this roller coaster for another show, flown in, bang, auction happens. Yeah, a surreal experience for us, or for me in particular, going to the auction and knowing that I was going to be on a plane in eight hours and oh. going flying straight back to Sydney, going straight into another episode of and, the Celebrity and Apprentice. Also, I feel like you were conscious of, of where I was mentally with it all and, and not wanting to come and, and sort of struggling with the kids on my own. So I think you carried a little bit of guilt with that as well. So you actually probably had quite a lot that you were trying to. Yeah. I had a lot. I had a lot. I had a lot of balls up in the air. Um, that's for sure. And I think we made that decision for Georgia because the plan was for Georgia not to come over to Sydney, but the borders had changed. There's no way that Perth was going to let Georgia and the kids come in from Melbourne. So we we made the decision, come hang out in Sydney for, you know, five or six weeks and then fly from Sydney back to Perth. And I think we made the right decision, you know. Anyway, it it was a lot. The option wasn't just so straightforward. Yeah, Yeah, it was a more complex situation. It's very easy to watch it and assume it's an auction. There was so be, much going But on. to be totally honest, the auction didn't pan out the way we expected it either. I, we didn't expect it. Aren't you glad it did then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah, yeah, absolutely. That you, don't, you don't have any control. One yeah. thing that, that, that really made it real for me was when we found out what the reserves were going to be, the look on Scotty Camp's face. Yes. Like, because he doesn't get told that. He no. when, when we find out, he finds out. And when I looked in his eyes, I was like, oh, man, we are all absolutely screwed. Yeah. Not all of us, you know. And listen, guys, please. Like our what we the takeaway was like, you know, just almost three hundred thousand dollars for us tax free, which is is it's a massive amount of money. And you know, like I know a lot of Australian families that would just be in, sensational. Like it would be life changing as it is for us. And so I don't want people. I think the misconception is that we weren't grateful for the amount of money that we won, and that's not the case. I think it was more surrounded by ego and coming last to be honest with you it was that was and other teams that we felt were less deserving coming you know second third and fourth you know it it, it was just like it it was really more of a yeah I think it was like an ego thing right yeah for for me it was certainly an ego thing because I very rarely came last at a lot of things so like (laughs) does that make sense to you I I, I grew up playing sports because in our auction in Oslo and we went into our auction not we didn't think that we would win the auction we went in I think as like a bookie's favorite but just things that we listened to and thought I don't think we're going to win but I know my ego took a big blow to come last yeah and it was about whoa we came last and like you we won a lot of money and we're so grateful Mm. for that but on the day it was so intense. Personally, I felt exhausted. I completely understand what you're saying. You're good people. We're very grateful. You know, you know, I would never have been asked to go on Celebrity Apprentice. You know, we've got TV shows coming up next year. Like, we're winning at life. For, for me, I've dealt with it and that chapter is closed. And, um, you know, moving forward, as long as I've got Georgia by my side, it, it is all good. That's, well, that's, let's just continue being less annoying and well, that's never going to change, darling, ever. But you know what's great about this? Our biggest takeaway was, you know, we're hanging out in Sydney and, and you guys reached out to us and said, come up and hang out with us in Newport. And you took the da- you took the time out of your busy schedules. And let me just tell all the listeners out there, I've never met a couple of guys that work harder than you two. Like we were down and, and you were so accommodating to the kids and you guys were like just getting your stock ready and opening your store up, getting prepared for that. And you actually both took the time out to 
show us around where you live, which is amazing, by the way, and take us out for dinner. And it was just, I really enjoyed that that special time we had with you guys. So thank you. And, and that's what friendship's all about. So we look forward to returning that favour when you come to Perth. I can't wait. Can't there. wait. Before we go, I do want to turn the tables and I yeah. want to offer you guys the chance to ask us a question. We've asked you enough and I'm talking any question at all you like. Anything. Anything. When you first saw us coming up uh, in the Mustang, right, did you guys feel threatened? No. Just feel threatened. <laughs> no, I felt, I, felt, I, felt, I felt happy. I was like, I know these, these guys are good. Oh, yeah. So one, I respect you. I will always say as soon as Georgia stepped out of the car, I went, she is so hot. Oh, my God, that's so hilarious. That suit and those heels. But I knew you guys mm. are so good at what you do. That it was like, yep, yeah, it'll be tough. I, I personally, uh, and, fe- yeah, I personally felt though, like, I, I, I suppose I don't go there so much with the competition. I, I just think that maybe I run my own race more so. But I yeah. just knew that we would, that we would click. And to see you guys come up and larger than life, I just felt like, yay, these will be our people. And I always said about you, you can put a twig in a glass and it will look fabulous. And that's the, that's the style, but it's the stuff that we don't do. And I can't do what you guys do. I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm like, so if I, I chuck that much stuff on a shelf, it just looks like like it's not, it's not great. You guys make it look good. Best thing that ever came out of the block this season, maybe like you guys gave us some resolution to our first experience so coming away with friends meeting people like you guys has given us i don't know maybe put us at peace as well because we had a similar feeling from our first season when we felt disconnected so i'm very very pleased that we've been become friends so on that note i would like to thank you both so much for not only being with us today but thank you for um, giving us more than we ever anticipated taking away from the block. We've been so fortunate to take away some very, very special friends that we imagine will be in our lives um, going forward. Can't wait to watch your family develop and grow and be part of it going forward. And see you on our telly next yeah. year. Oh, and to you guys too, thank you so much for your, you know, your constant encouragement and friendship. And, of course, you know, the biggest of congratulations to winning the block, fans versus faves. Well done, guys. Well done, guys. Thank you. I can't wait to see the projection of your career and everything that you're doing, particularly in the in the realm of brand development and product development. I'm really excited to see where you guys go with that. Thank you so much. Give us a call next time you're in Perth. We'll see you Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm not talking about you personally. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, guys. That was such a fabulous chat. So gracious and so honest. Ronnie and Georgia, you were just brilliant having that show. I think it's one thing, Mitch, I always know with Ronnie and Georgia. They are so honest about how they think and, and how they feel. You can always rely on them to be upfront. There's no there's no BS, Mark. What you see is what you get. And I love them to bits, particularly Georgia. Georgia and I have a special bond. I think she loves me more than you because Georgia does tell me that she loves me sometimes. Which is the right that. friend of mine. I know she does. I tell her all the time. I know that. But that's it from us today. Please kick off 2022 by giving us a rating on the podcast. Five stars is always a good review. Coming up next week, we've got our country favourites, the country sweethearts of Australia, Kirsty and Jessie, talking about renovations and life. I love these two crazy kids. 
So subscribe to Reality Renner with Mitch and Mark wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, and please tell your friends about our podcast. Share it with people who you think might be interested in a bit of fun, learning a bit about renovations. But here's to 2022 being bigger and better uh, than the last two years for all of us. Catch you next week. And as George would say, bye. bye.